0: I think the wife said to me about three o'clock this afternoon, she says, you're dressing as Eddie Vedder again. And I'm just like, I, I suppose I just am a bit Eddie Vedder.
1: it <laughs> bit to break into state of love and trust as we speak. <laughs> Welcome back to the Personal Jukebox Podcast. My name is Simon, and once again, I'm joined by Mr. Stuart Bisoyed. It's good to be back. <laughs> um, do you remember when you first came on this podcast? Vividly, vividly. Um, where we're talking like three plus years ago, something like that. Now, um. And the first band we covered was Pearl Jam, wasn't it? It was. It was, it's, uh, Vitalogy, Vo- yeah? Yep. Uh, their third, third album. Third album. So on this episode, we're going to cover their debut. We are. Yes. and We are. <laughs> and all front to back. Front. That's where we are at. <laughs> and all you listening will already know that because you click the download link and there we are. I mean, it's not long since we spoke, for those tricks? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair to middling. <laughs> yeah oh, man. breaking that fourth wall yes of course of course yeah we're here again back with pearl jam it's i had a couple of messages when we did vitology and people said to me why didn't you do 10 i oh, get that yeah. Yeah. And I yeah said, well it was a bit route one to go straight in with yeah. that would we
0: cringe if we listen to that episode now i
1: probably would um, possibly, man, yeah. I reckon, yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah, Um, maybe give it a miss. That was the first, that, actually, that was the first album covered on the podcast. It was? Forever, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we probably would really, listening back to it. I should give that a listen back one of the days. I'm definitely not <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> yeah, so we spoke then about uh, your fandom of Pearl Jam.
0: Absolutely. For, uh, for, for anybody the-
1: who hasn't gone yeah. back and listened to that, Die Hard. Die Hard yep. Pearl Jammer. Absolutely. Uh, is that what, what the Pearl Jam fans would be called? Pearl Jammer? bit like Maya Jammer, like Maya Jammer's sister. Mm. <laughs> so, I was a big fan of Pearl Jam in this era. Actually, not a big fan. I was a fan, a peripheral yep. fan of Pearl Jam. I was definitely not there on the scene when this first came out. Nor was I. No, no, I think, no, no. Um,
0: it may sound cliche, but... Kind of the age we were by association, really. I think Nirvana were the routine, weren't they?
1: Yeah, I'm actually wearing a Nirvana T-shirt. You are? Today. You are? I've never owned a Nirvana T-shirt until I was 45. Okay. So, yeah, here it is. I picked it up today because I went to a shop. I bought this today. Okay, nice.
2: Yeah. Very um, nice.
1: Because I went to a shop. It does look very new to me Yeah. It, <laughs> because I went to a shop and it was like, I think it was 12 quid. Hey, okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take yeah. a on 12 quid for that.
0: Oh, I'm going to bust the photos in a bit. Oh, I think I sa- I've got a new phone, and I think I saved them to my s- my SD card, so I'm oh, damn. not wow. sure they're on. Um, my five-year-old has a Nirvana t-shirt now. Mm. Yeah, I saw, saw, saw it. Next. Yeah, I saw it. I'm like, I'm getting this, and she likes the smiley face, <laughs> and it's sequined. <laughs> oh, so, nice. Yeah.
1: Jazzy. Yeah. yeah and she jazzy. loves the
0: fact that I have it in Utro t-shirt, so we have matching yeah. clobber but there's a picture i can bust out somewhere again i think it's on my sd card of when she was about four months old and she has the alive she had the alive baby grow um, Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 so there's a picture of the uh, picture no of she and i in matching pearl Gem garb
1: <laughs> that's quite good that's quite um yeah i remember keith having that t-shirt back in the day yeah yeah uh, you know, when it when you used to get... Can you still buy, like, long sleeve band T-shirts? Oh, I hope
0: so. I've got loads up the attic.
1: Oh, man, I used to love a long-sleeved yeah, band T-shirt. Yeah, definitely. T-shirts. Yeah, defo. I wore... I think I had, like, a edge one and an Alice in Chains one that I wore to death. Yeah, yeah.
0: Back in the day. Yeah. Um, I'd always wear one... Well, I'll say that I had a tie-dye long sleeve mm-hmm. that I'd wear band short sleeves over. Mm-hmm. Then either... Another long sleeve um, with the band logo showing from behind or a flannel Remy waist. Oh, God. Proper
1: Raven style. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Talking of Raven style, that's literally what bloody. That was kind of Veda style, wasn't it, in this early Pearl Jam incarnation?
0: Well, when um, I think we did um, our last couple of episodes and we did jagged little pill and i think mm. i had my uh, my kind of retro not cro- quite corduroy um jacket on i had my loosely stitched oh, yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. loosely stitched j- jumper on. as i was leaving you said i'd come as eddie vedder <laughs> and i've kind of i'm wearing <laughs> I'm actually wearing flannel yes, over yes. a plain t-shirt tonight yes, and yes. i think the wife said to me about three o'clock this afternoon she says you're dressing as eddie vedder again and i'm just like I- I suppose I just am a bit
1: Eddie Vedder. <laughs> He's about to break into state of love and trust as we speak. <laughs> I'm
0: going to do the rest of this episode in a y'all.
1: <laughs> <Yo>. Um <laughs> Big Big difference on releases for this, this, this album, sorry. In the UK, it didn't chart until the first week of March in 1992. Uh, and in the US, Christ, when, when did I put that it was released? Yeah, August 1991, it was released in the US. So it didn't chart until, oh man, we're talking like nearly nine months later in the UK.
0: Could it be that coattail of Nirvana effect that we alluded to?
1: I definitely do think that unless you were like a super mega, like a a Guns N' Roses of the era, like a massively band, then, there probably was a a bit of a tail off, weren't there? You know, still coming across the pond for bands. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, like, similar things, like, maybe, oh, I don't know. I suppose, like, Ugly Kid Joe kind of had a big single, didn't they, to...
0: Everything About You. Yeah.
1: Um, cats in the Cradle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if... Uh... Well, yeah, there was a big, big difference there. As we said, Pearl Jam's debut album, but, sure, let's just have a bit of a touch about the background of Pearl Jam. We didn't really touch into that when we did Vitology. You've got, what is it, Stone Gossard and Jeff Amons. Yep. They were in a band called Green...
0: They were in Green River, and then subsequently Mother Love Bone, and a lot of the whole Pearl Jam, Nirvana dichotomy came from Cobain's criticisms of them, and there's a bit of classic rock influence here. There's a bit of noodling.
1: Oh, there is, yeah. But have you
0: heard Mother Love Bone? Yes. Of course there is. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this is from where the genesis of Pearl Jam came from, Mm -hmm. and where... Eddie Vedder, Mike McCready, Dave Cruz, and initially came on board. Cards on the table for this for this album. Originally they were called Mookie Blaylock, yes. weren't they? Yeah. I, as a diehard, consider versus the follow-up the first Pearl Jam album. I consider this a Mookie Blaylock album. This album is all Stone Gossard.
1: Oh it it is basic. I think um what's he say Macready says yep. in in interviews like as when he says 10 was basically um Stone and Jeff Yeah
2: absolutely yeah, absolutely
1: and me and Eddie were kind of along for the ride Yeah
0: definitely yeah. Jeff is the story's album for me
1: Yeah 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 oh yeah definitely well both of them really play yep. massive parts in yep. it Versus definitely is different and then obviously again once again like tenfold for... of um Vitalogy, For vitality, For vitality absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um so much to say here. It's like we're kind of switching roles here because when you suggested doing this album I was a bit like oh, I'm gonna struggle. Yeah. Because as a Pearl Jam diehard, I've done this to death.
1: Yeah and yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah I'm
0: yeah. over it. But the fan some fans, I don't know I don't know in the like wider consciousness if Pearl Jam have ever, ever, ever were a few points deep. <laughs> really gotten over this album i remember going to see them in about 2009 and i was in a pub in manchester before Mm -hmm. they played the arena and a guy in a pearl jam t-shirt who i got talking to um and one of the first things he said was oh 10 one of the greatest albums ever and i'm a bit like you realize they had a whole career post 10 and you know, it's like, you know you're going to struggle tonight, mate. <laughs> if the first thing you're going to talk about is ten, it's it's kind of sits on the. Per- I'm probably an outlier. It sits on the, the periphery of like kind of the Pearl Jam pantheon and the Pearl Jam canon. For me, I mean, it's like I don't know. You're coming at this from maybe a bit of a dis different perspective and I feel like I'm kind of the historian it's going to get embarrassing at some point because you are definitely going to drop something I don't know
1: oh it's to me it think of another band who you can think of like that who their first album is I don't want to say completely different because in its in its essence it like kind of is still Pearl Jam Mm. but we said before on Vitalogy yeah that They went with this thing of just trying to repel fans at every single turn from the albums, like all more or less like resenting the fact that oh, we've become successful off this stuff. Yeah, you're not a fan of us. Whereas I don't know if people like stuff, they like stuff, don't they? They do, but that's the thing that that's something
0: I wanted to talk about. They accidentally became massive didn't they they didn't court it in any way shape or form and i think it was part of the post nirvana american alt movement that they got swept along with i think the criticisms of early pearl jam that they had those classic rock influences came from the fact that they were swept along as part of that movement and in terms of maybe not even their best album, but their definitive album. And this is going back to the start of the podcast Mm -hmm. where we did Vitalogy. Mm -hmm. For that reason, I think Vitalogy was a reaction to that. It was like a get away from us. We're going to test you as a fan base. The first really accessible track on that album was not for you, which Mm. is like, okay, we're going to put some big hooks in there Mm -hmm. and we're going to say like, if you're not one of us, Mm. Fuck off! <laughs> it may be their dif- their best album, but for me, Vitalogy is their definitive album. For that reason, do you? Does that make any sense at all?
1: It does make sense because you're saying that's more them. Yeah, as a band. Yeah, I think uh, just slightly different to that. That's kind of probably what they become as. Eddie especially became more of a prominent member of the band.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that is nail, because, nail head hit. Because definitely.
1: If you're saying Mother Love Bowen, yeah. Stone and Jeff were in that, then, yeah. the, you know, it's, yeah. that is like this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. This album
0: 10, Eddie's a passenger. Yeah. In yeah, terms yeah. of the creative direction. In terms um, of the
1: creative, yes. He
0: takes over and by Vitality, if not even by verses, he's there creative leader so to speak Um, he takes those reins i don't think from books interviews documentaries and the like for a long period of time that sat particularly well with stone and there was a danger they could
1: yeah
0: i think there was yeah maybe even up to and including yield which is their fifth album
1: okay yeah yeah
0: they could have been on the Cusper breaking up at any point during that period. <laughs>
1: they've stuck it out though.
0: They absolutely have. And for a band that was so kind of deflective of what was coming at them, yeah they've evolved to the point where is there a band currently active who is more comfortable in their own skin now than Pearl Jam?
1: Do you think they are? They, they've settled into their group. Massively, of, massively, yeah. yeah. Still trying new stuff to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What did you think of that last album?
0: Not on board. No. Not on board. I think, I think we did speak about it, yeah. didn't we?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I think you get that way with pretty much any artist that you've been with, mm. um, kind of, for a long time. Mm. Yeah. I think you get to a point with everyone where it's just, play the old stuff.
1: Yeah. 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 Play. Give us the hits. Yeah. <laughs> Give us the hits, kid. Right. So, you've got Jeff and Stone. Uh, they teamed up with McCready and they recorded the instrumental demos didn't they? Yeah. of yep. a lot of these tracks uh with Matt Cameron, who like man whose fingers touch like bands across, especially across this kind of genre or this era,
0: and now a permanent member yeah, yeah, and their longest serving drummer,
1: yeah, it's weird how that works out, isn't yep. it? Somebody said the other day is like what's his name is it Rob in Metallica it's like their longest serving is he Be bassist now which is ridiculous yeah. when you think about it um, yeah the
0: least synonymous with them yeah, as a band
1: yeah yeah uh, the tapes were given to Dave Cruson. Yeah? yeah the drummer who is uh, went on to Campbell Box is yeah, that right that's right yeah. later on
0: and still appears with them live on occasion to this day.
1: Oh, okay, he had yeah. to check himself into rehab, didn't he? Around...
0: That's basically his recording stint with Pearl Jam. was. Yeah. By the time I think this album
1: came out, he was done. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He was like done then. He then passed him on to Jack Irons.
0: Uh, with Dave Abrazizi in the meantime.
1: Yes, okay. Jack Irons again, who's somebody who will come back into the, uh, the Pearl Jam. Pantheon. Yep. Yeah? Um And then eventually they got to this guy called Eddie Vedder. How the hell did that happen? Was it just like a random leg? Like, what was he doing? He Was was he not like just a, a fucking poet guy who was lamping a, a few lyrics down? He was like in a band that?
0: called Bad Radio.
1: Bad Radio, yeah, I've heard um, that, yeah.
0: Where um, amongst the songs that they wrote at the time was Better Man. Okay. I think it, it was through Jack Irons. Jack Irons knew Eddie Vedder and passed the instrumental demo tape. Onto yeah. to um, Eddie and what would become, the instrumentals of what would become Alive Once and the B-side footsteps were on there. He,
1: Do- Dollar Short was um, Alive. Yep. Um, I- I- Egypt- Egyptian Crave was once, Footsteps, Richard's E and E Ballad, which became Black as well.
0: Well, the instrumental to Footsteps is also uh, part of a track on the Temple of the Dog album, which was the tribute album to Andy Wood from Mother Love yeah. I always
1: forget about that, actually, yeah. Yeah, Which, see, there was that whole Seattle scene kind of just... It's kind of, they all broke, because you've got the singles film as well. It's kind of around that kind of time. That is around
0: that time because, and this is is something I've never done, but it's kind of a thing now, Mm. is um, fans will redux albums I imagine Melancholy by the Pumpkins is a massive one for this in terms of people turning it into a into a lot one disc album. Oh yeah. Um, yeah but Pearl Jam in their genesis and yeah there's two songs on the singles same track. I've got so much quality material around this period of time. This mm-hmm. is the same period. Tracks not on this album that they record breath um, State of Love and Trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mentioned Footsteps, mm-hmm. Dirty Frank, Yellow Lead Better, which is a regular set closer to this day, and yeah. Wash. Yeah. So there's a lot of quality material flying around.
1: Just a Girl.
0: Yeah, Two, Just a Girl.
1: 2000 Mile Bluers, yeah. Evil Little Goat. Yep. Brother, Hold On. Yep. Yeah, all recorded around this same kind Absolutely. of time. Absolutely. Was that with Eddie or was that. With Eddie? Yeah. With Eddie. Yeah. A oh, lot of no. that
0: appears on. Uh, I think there's the. Um, there's the Brendan O'Brien remix of this album, and a couple of those also appear on uh, Lost Dogs. How different played.
1: is that Brendan O'Brien remix? Because oh, I, know, I know the band like a very like oh, there's too much reverb on it. Um, we don't like this. I think we'll get
0: into into that a little bit. There's a okay. couple of tracks. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely the opening track uh, is one where you are like oh McCready actually plays on this when you hear the <laughs> uh, the Brendan O'Brien remix. There's one track in particular on this album that the original mix massively elevates it's in keeping with the ambience. Okay. But I do find the original mix a little murky by comparison. That said...
1: It's 91.
0: Yeah, it could be it's just old ears listening. It could be like a fresh take on an old classic.
1: This is the thing... Elevated
0: it. The Brendan O'Brien mix.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it could be. When they remix stuff or remaster stuff, it basically just makes things nowadays sounding yeah. doesn't yeah, it? Definitely. You know, it gives it like, oh, if it was done today it'd give it a twenty twenty three. So the bass would be pumped up yep. and you know, things would be picked yep. out differently. But nineteen ninety one, you think a lot of the stuff that was we I did a nineteen ninety one chart episode not long ago. Well it probably was a while ago now. And you're coming off the tail of well you'll see what we've got in the charts at the time, yeah. Eh? But the music scene was a hell of a lot different in nineteen ninety one. Massively. You Massively. Know, yeah. That's the cusp between when grunge happened and kind of changed music. I I still think it did. It it really, really
0: did. And in terms of Pearl Jam, they're kind of, again, they're almost on the periphery of it. We've talked about how all the bands that get lumped under the grunge label don't really sound a fat lot like each other. And Pearl Jam have probably got the most classic rock influence. I mean, Eddie's a massive fan of The Who.
1: Um,
0: But I think, you're taking elements of that sound, but also what they had, kind of lyrically and thematically, are things that classic rock bands weren't doing, like loss, betrayal on a familiar level. Isolation was the preserve of your like your Joy Divisions um, and oh, your early eighties yeah, 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 kind yeah. of post-punk. Um, it's not been done with classic rock before. You were coming from like your mysticism of Led Zeppelin whatever the fuck Grateful Dead were about. Um, <laughs> and I think they've got that. I think what they also added to that was that was a bit of creative license uh, and a vehicle to explore themes. I'll get into that a bit, maybe. Yeah. Cause there's, there's later like, on.
1: I think you touched on it before, but, there's the, like, the triumvirate of songs, yeah. Once, it is Footsteps, isn't it, and... And Alive. And Alive. Yeah. They're, they're the, the like, yeah. trinity of songs. Yeah. And yeah. they're not
0: presented chronologically either, no, no, which no, is no, like, no, no. you know, they're rejecting that accessibility just yeah. by what yeah. they release and when.
1: Yeah. As you said, definitely far more, I think, as a, of a straight-on rock record than a grunge. Absolutely, band. yeah. And they're lumped into that because of where they came from. It's, it's geographical. It's yeah. 100% geographical. Yeah, 100%. But I think There's that's a where, scene happening here. Yeah. They're part yeah. of that.
0: That's where what, Cobain's um, criticism of them that kind of caused that came from.
1: Yeah, I, that's, yeah, another example of Cobain being a bit of a cock, actually, I think, on uh, some of that criticism. But we'll get into that as we yep. go through as well. As I say, it charted 92 in the UK, uh, March 92, and it was released August 91 in the US. So what I've got here, I've got, a track from 91, a track from 92 but I'm only going to play one of them in 91, the US number 1 and the UK number 1 was Everything I Do I Do It For You by Brian Adams massive at the time but in 92 when this was released this was the number 1 in the UK
2: If this world is wearing thin
1: Now, stay by Shakespeare's sister. Yep. I can remember this being number one, and me being, how old am I? Um, 13, at the time, and thinking, I don't get this song, I don't get the appeal of this song, I don't understand what it's about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It did nothing for me as a 13-year-old lad. Um. No, you listen to it with kind of different ears. Massively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got this vocal intro, and then it comes in, and it's like... Did you not say you were reading, or you wanted to read um, some kind of goth?
0: Yeah, we were talking about it in the break, weren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. written... We were talking about The uh, the Price of Football by Kieran <laughs> McGuire, weren't we? And There's been like a definitive history of goth written that's, that, just, it? Yeah. that's just jumped ahead of it on my uh, Amazon wish list.
1: And this would surely be the um, commercial face of kind oh, of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shakespeare Sister. Yeah, definitely. What's another the Shakespeare Sister? It um, was like, your, your History. Was that them? Was that them? I don't know. Was that not off the same kind of album? I don't know. Um, I want to hear it drop, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kelly. Oh, I think we're. No, it's going to go into the chorus as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, Your History. Like a beer kind of kind No good for me. Like an old film star. Was that not them? He's looking at me with a quizzical face. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Hang on, let's have this, because it's gonna it's gonna come in, in a minute.
3: You'd better hold that pray that you make it safe back to your own world.
1: Um. Different to anything I was listening
0: at the time. but it's interesting, isn't it? Because you think of um,
1: like that of being
0: the commercial arm
1: of like your
0: Sisters of Mercy, Fields of the Nephilim. Yeah. But then you've got acts that bridge that, like the Cult. They moved away from that, and by the time Grunge hit, they were more of the persuasion of your Guns and Roses, your LA Guns. Yeah, 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 um, definitely, definitely. And bands of that ilk, Hanoi Rocks
1: yeah well yeah that's even more maybe i'm like, yeah. maybe i'm
0: doing a call to disservice yeah, maybe there. a
1: stretch there but <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, number one album in the uk if anything gives a time stamp on something touched on it before on previous episodes because they're all over the charts in the 90s um, just how big was Simply Red <laughs> didn't oh. we have, did, was it me and you that had the Fairground album or was it me and Neil I can't remember I think um, we've
0: men- we have mentioned Simply yeah. Red on, a, on an episode before
1: I mean they were shifting units like nothing weren't they yeah N- and you know obviously no good But <laughs> it wasn't for us was it <laughs> no, no shudder. but um, yeah I mean Christ above what, oh. You know when they say um, there was 10 million people watching wrestling at the height of the Monday Night Wars yeah. and where did all those fans go? Yeah. There was millions of people buying Simply Red albums. Oh. Where did all those fans go? Oh. <laughs> They're buying Ed Sheeran Records now.
0: <laughs> oh, that's it. You've nailed it. You've nailed it. Um, I do know a good Mick Hucknall joke that's yeah. going to be Told in
1: the break. Okay, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll come back to that one then. Yeah, (laughs) number one in the US in 1992 was. um, It's a bit of an absolute 90s five. This is.
3: Hold on, little girl. Show me what he's done to you. Stand up, little girl. A broken heart can't be that bad when it's through. It's through. Of both of you. So come on, baby, it's a bit of
0: a chorus, isn't it? On this on sits with Every Morning by Sugar Ray, which we've talked about before. <laughs> I don't care how embarrassing <laughs> this is to say, like, this is a tune.
3: It is. Deep inside, I hope you feel it too.
1: There was a lot of bands around this kind of time who were doing, who were proficient. Uh musicians. Yeah, yeah. Much like Stone and Jeff. Yep. So you've got like you missed big, you know, like bands like Extreme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even like, you know, that spin doctors with their noodling yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of what I feel they were not in that scene, but they were definitely like of the same calibre It's time stamped, isn't it? Yeah, 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 very much so. Um Yeah, man, what a fucking chorus this is. Oh, s- yeah. No messing with this.
0: Better than every rose has its thorn.
1: Oh, I don't know. Oh no! Bloody love every rose has its thorn. Okay. Yeah, that's a No, classic. no. I'll,
0: I'll go for Mr. Big.
1: <laughs> Just for They're that my line. dog in this fight. <laughs> Just for every rose has its thorns, kind of. <laughs> At the start, you know that? I do. I do. But okay, no, on, I'm, go. I'm
0: going to back for Mr. Big here. I will die on this hill. <sighs>
1: Oh, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's uh, not without its charm, is it? No, 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 not at all, not at all. Okay, so, as we said, all these guys were making these songs. Somehow they find their way to they He puts some lyrics to it, and what do they do? They fly him across to Seattle? Yep, come and yep. He lands at the there.
0: airport, apparently gets a taxi or a lift or whatever straight to their rehearsal space, walks straight up to a mic and starts throwing out some...
1: Lyrics. Good lord, that's um, a bit of a what's it called? A glamorization of. Do you think there's some
0: creative license oh, going on there?
1: Fantastic, man. That's like you know, it's Russo at his peak writing yeah. those. So they recorded it all in I don't know, Seattle, somewhere like that. Yeah, A quick then, turnaround. Yeah, and then didn't they fly to Dorking in England for the mixing?
0: They did uh, mix the album in, in the UK. <laughs> um, it's south. So right. Sussex let's South, let's go with South <laughs> because so the last time I saw them live, it was outdoor and okay. they opened with the lower key numbers. So, and this was, oh, this was a sudden going down, double sing along. I forget which way round, but they played nothing man and black on this album back to back. And Eddie told a story about kind of mixing black in the oh, UK. Okay.
1: So, uh-huh. I've, I've just, completely changing it and back to what I said before I've just noticed that Miley sorus has a cover of every rose as it's still okay
3: we both last still in the dead of the night although we
1: both missing some charm together, I'm gonna skip it a
3: sec song, playing on the radio you know somehow.
1: No, it's, no Bret Michaels,
0: it's not a finest hour, is it? No, I mean she, no. she she could knock out a decent cover, can Miley. No, I think, um, I think yeah. we've discussed her a um, cover of um what's the blondie song? Atomic. Heart of Glass. Heart of Glass. Yeah, she yeah. does a good heart yeah, of glass. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. Shall so we get in some music off this album? Let's do it. It opens with um once well, it kind of opens with this musical interlude. Yeah, master slave yeah. is
0: it? Master slave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which kind of uh, bookends the album the same way the uh, yeah. TikTok on uh, Television did when ah, we
2: did that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah.
1: Right. Mm. Mm. yeah, that's right. Actually, yep. yeah, um, yeah. So it opens with this, um, leads into a fuzzy guitar, goes into a riff, and then breaks into I don't know. Um, Aside from rearview mirror on versus, have they ever recaptured the gusto?
0: It's a bit of an iconic intro yeah. for all those elements you've just described together. Yeah. No messing with it is a mm. sequel to track three as well. So reward you for paying attention.
1: Okay, yeah, if you can is... ever
0: make that connection, yeah, I... make sure that make you work for
1: it. I didn't realise that was the one actually. So what's the story? It's
0: the story is um the mother son bit in the third track. Yes, yeah. kind of the uh, the instigator of the narrative. This track is the son subsequently full of fury off the ray off the off
1: the rails off the rails that's the Mm -hmm. word i'm
0: looking for Mm -hmm. doing some sinister things Mm -hmm. uh footsteps which turns into a b-side is the sun post this track on death row awaiting his execution oh Oh, is that what
1: it is Ah, yeah
0: absolutely and kind of that's kind of what i love as well because you've got this three-part narrative you've got The last track on this album is very autobiographical. You've got track six, which is one of the two big singles, um, which is based on a news clipping. You've got um, a critique of uh, mental health services in this album. And again, I said on the last episode that we did, but I'm going to get all pretentious and draw some literary parallels. Well, They use that creative license as a vehicle to explore themes. And there's an author called uh, Ishiguru. He's an absolute master at this. It's like what genre can I most interestingly use to explore a theme or tell a story? So he's got a run of books. Like one is set in in, um, post-war Japan. Mm. One is set between the, the two world wars in no actually the main narrative it's a retrospective it's told post-world war Two, mm-hmm. but the main body of it is set in a country house um in rural england then he's got I another know. novel that's set in uh, like king arthur times in the uk that's like a period of forgotten history and that one's told in the third person so he's not bound okay. by genre yeah and kind of Pearl Jam do a bit of the same here. There's first person narratives, there's social commentary. They've got their post-punk influences, which come more to the fore after this album. Yeah. And that's a big part of the appeal. They're not bound by what's authentic what yeah. or what's seen to be authentic and cool. You know, they kind of they step outside those boundaries, that, that tight little box and I think that's really contributed to their longevity am I making any sense
1: at all you are, yeah Um, my reply to that is would they be considered in 2023 or definitely a couple of years ago as the truest example of a classic rock band
0: they're probably up there now
1: not for, when you say classic rock, you think like 70s, 80s kind of thing, but like a, a contemporary classic rock band
0: Got to I mean, be. I mean,
1: I'm not massively familiar with their later stuff, yep. and especially not the last three albums. I don't think of. So I did try to give that last album a listen, yeah. and I reckon I got like five, six tracks in, and I was like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah,
0: it's not essential. I don't think. Um,
1: and the two albums before that, uh, I've, I've heard tracks off, yep. but not. I haven't listened to the albums. Like freely admit that, but. I don't know. That's what they seem to be considered as now, I'm guessing. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I
0: mean, they were uh, their first ballot Hall of Fame. They've got that longev- longevity. I think they're potentially, would they be tier two behind maybe U2 and R.E.M.? Um.
1: Yeah, I reckon they definitely sit on that, that shelf, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um. To be fair, I'd probably put them like the uh, same stuff as R.E.M., Contemporaries. Yeah. Maybe. You two are on a different kind of level, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. But um yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think you're kind of getting into subjective yeah, yeah, appraisals yeah, yeah. of discographies if you're gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah, if right you're gonna course. slip a Rizzler between them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but once is a banger. It is. It's a banger. <laughs> it is. It actually is. It's a great intro start to an album. It sets the scene and yeah, it's it's furious, it's frantic, it's um you know, as, as furious and frantic as I can think that they get. All of the above. Yeah,
0: yep. yeah.
1: It's just in the mix because I think this is the this is the original mix of the yep. album. I've noticed I'm having to give it a lot more volume on the thing on the, the the desk than I do on. Newer albums.
0: I meant to ask you beforehand, um, yeah. which
1: one we were doing. Yeah, I assumed yeah. we were doing the original mix. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mixed much lower, you know, don't I?
0: Yeah. It's <clears throat> it's murky production for the most part. This yeah, album. Yeah, it
1: actually is. But in, it, I think this might be the first time I've ever listened to it in headphones. Yeah. So I think you can kind of pick it out a little bit more. Definitely. Obviously, you, dear listener, you're not going to get that. I uh, think let you listen to this back in headphones as well. Track two, Even Flow. I've spoke before on the podcast about. The songs which I never need to hear again, uh, Sandman, Don't Look Back in Anger, I always say Alive, but you know, Even Flow to me could be one of those. Listening to that riff back through headphones, yep. it's, it's funky
0: as fuck, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. Um, this is kind of where I probably diverge as a bit of a diehard. Yeah. Because I've seen them in person and heard on bootlegs and watched on concert film. Oh. them play this live so o- many over 30 times. Years yeah, over 30 years worth. Over 30 years worth. And by comparison, the studio version struggles. It feels laboured because this is so epic live. It's still anthem- anthemic.
1: Do they? You know when you see them play this live, yeah. do they like still get into it?
0: Massively. It's yeah. like 11 minutes long
1: live. It's not like Radiohead not wanting to play Creep kind of thing. No, no, definitely. No. The
0: solo as a bridge absolutely makes it. You've got the one-two of that and then Jeff's bass riff coming in. Back into the lead, and that's just 90 odd seconds of absolute mm, mm. cannon. You mm. know, how that is like 1991, 1992 in a nutshell, in a nutshell on record, yeah. and live it is absolutely faith affirming. Eddie goes off stage, next yeah. half a bottle of wine, and just lets some crack on <laughs> with this and go into like free form. It's it's just for The first time my wife saw them with me, I think she's seen them with me three times, but we'd not long met, and I had a spare ticket going, oh, okay. and she came with me, and we were kind of eating beforehand. And you saying it's one you never need to
1: hear before mm. again, mm. I should say, I'm alive. I still, still want to hear it live when see Oh, yeah. <laughs> defo
0: alive and Jeremy are the two that I think yeah. would fit that bill yeah. for yeah, 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 yeah. anybody. But when you say. That you feel that way about even flow, it takes me back to then because she's like, okay, I've come along on a freebie. I'm struggling, what would I know? And I'm stretching, I think even flow, and she's like, how does that go? And I start humming, she's like, oh yeah, I know yeah. that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you're not interested in them and you know them. So, mm.
1: yeah.
0: two plus two, I, I, I <laughs> kind of get that. Yeah. There's a bit of understated counterculture in kind of this one and I've kind of got to understand this a bit more with uh, okay. with hiking with my man Jim um, okay. as as we do this line because it's a bit of an ode to homelessness isn't it and, yeah, I, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. and that kind of thing but there's that line praying to something that has never shown him anything but to large swathes of Americana that's absolute anathema because they're proper they, they're dyed in the wool aren't they I mean, yeah. when you kind of get the stories because he spent some time working over there and and, and I'll get anecdotes as we kind of oh, up and down okay. the Malvin yeah, Hills yeah. and around the reeking. and I've kind of understood a bit more just how against the grain someone like Marilyn Manson was and the hysteria oh, that yeah. surrounded him around um, around the time that he was at his most visible, oh, his most yeah, prominent yeah yeah. Well, I get that a bit more now, and this is kind of understated. So this kind of, I get that, that they're kind of counterculture and like it's not for everyone, and that's how the fact that the whole Seattle movement got that kind of traction. Were they just missing this element of it? That's
1: kind of one of the reasons why I think Cobain was a bit of a cock, because um, I think Pearl Jam sound more like a classic rock band and they might have more solos and more lead guitars than Nirvana ever had. Yeah. But I think really at their essence, yeah. they're as punk rock as Nirvana or and possibly more so.
0: Well, definitely. They've got i mean big influences on them, bands like the Buzzcocks, the Dead Boys.
1: Yeah.
0: As they become more fully formulated as a band, this album was turned around very quickly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Those influences find their way in really, really quickly mm-hmm. in tracks like Go, Animal, Blood, all off the next album. That's kind of something I'd point to when I say that this is a Mookie Blaylock album versus is the first Pearl Jam album. Oh, yeah. That kind of contrast is what I'd use as justification for that statement.
1: There's uh, apparently an alternative version on the singles and video on the Greatest Hits album. Okay. Yeah. And still, uh, between 2010 and 2019, this was the fifth most played song on US radio.
0: Oh, on US Radio? Mm. Okay.
1: Which, you know, uh, no. speaks for itself, really, yeah. doesn't it?
0: I thought you were about to say it was their fifth most played song live, which would have knocked me for six, because I would have said it would be number one.
1: Um, looking at their most played songs ever live, it is number one. I would say so, yeah, because yeah. I've seen <clears throat>
0: them numerous, I've, seven or eight times, and this is the only song they've played every time.
1: I have busted this out every yeah, time. Yeah, every single yeah. time.
0: Do you know what I love about it as well? It's got a proper closing sequence. Oh, something yeah. yeah, yeah something we've talked about on previous yeah, episodes. You yeah. know, uh, unless it fits in a kind of specific although non-definable way, I don't like a fade out. It's a nicely wrap, wrapped up package and it's points for me when you know how to end it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we go off on a proper um, lead session yep. a bit of pieces um, and he's, you know, he's giving it some and yeah, I always remember this was the video as well, wasn't it, with Eddie hanging. Oh, from the rafters. This, yeah. Well, not the rafters, the. the um, not like Sting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he was like hanging from the, I don't know, something, and then yeah. jumping into the crowd and Definitely. all that kind of stuff, yeah. Rest yeah. in peace, Gorilla. <laughs> yes, hang, yeah. Yeah. And then, another wrestling reference, um, Raven again, even flow DDT.
0: Indeed. Yeah, absolutely.
1: was nothing like grunge bands were doing was it nothing at all this segment no. yeah yeah
0: but then neither was soundgarden
1: no i mean soundgarden and soundgarden and alice and chains were both far more metal than absolutely grunge. absolutely um, especially alice yeah 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 and and, and soundgarden really as well they, there was some i mean they still had the like dark elements and bits and pieces but uh yeah, man, all them bands were different. It was just like the scene and all that stuff. It's the fashion. Yeah. Uh, track three is alive.
0: Ever heard this one before? Recognise the riff. <laughs>
1: first UK single that they put out um, I've got on my notes "Mom Wants to Bone Son basically <laughs> yeah. yeah it's the thematic
0: precursor to ones. yeah yeah um,
1: it's dark as fuck isn't it yeah it is I mean I think and, and I think this is something that they've addressed in interviews following that it's a really dark subject matter sung yeah. but fans kind of maybe unaware of it took it as a bit of a...
0: Totally. They've changed the meaning because the refrain, the I'm still alive, in the the context of the song, it's a lament, but they've changed it to something life-affirming and defiant. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Which I think is kind of good. I don't know if the band are uh, entirely happy with that, but I don't know. I think think they're fine
0: with it. They haven't disowned it like you alluded to Radiohead and Creep. They certainly haven't disowned it in that way. I, I think they've gone with that sea change. They definitely have. One has softened on the overplayed stance. I used to think, oh, overplayed, never hear I'm it. Again. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've kind of come back to it a little bit. Um, I think it's that intro
1: because you think to yourself, oh, it's like five minutes and it's going to be this pace. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've got nothing at all new or original to say about this track because if you haven't heard this before, how did you find this podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right, that's um, and you'll have your own conclusions. It's a well crafted song. Mm. Um I mean the solo on the outro, that's absolutely spot on. And you know, you've got kind of cliche little joke of the Eddie's y'all, you know, Eddie's vocal stylings, but here you've got like the solo on it and Eddie's like, yeah, uh-huh, over it. It's yeah. like it's almost animalistic. Ab- in yeah, Eddie's It's vocals and are. it's like in terms of the theme of the song, it's a bit of a post narrative incomprehensibility. It all fits nicely.
1: Nobody was doing those vocals there. Eddie, no. Eddie is the originator Until of those vocals. Everybody started doing them, and then every fucker was doing yep. that stuff. In 2023, to look back and say that yep. this was the guy who first was doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe somebody yeah. might know somebody else who was, but I, yeah. I I'd yeah. never heard it before this.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like to um, draw a, a very very loose parallel, like corn. I think that Mm. first album in particular, I think suffers a bit from a revisionist history, whereas when that came out, you literally never heard anything like that before,
1: really. No, no. That Mm.
0: down-tuned element, The Faith No More Influence, and then basically a grown man crying into a microphone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
0: think what they suffer from subsequently is the number of third-rate copyists that they spawned, Mm -hmm. your uh, Redeemers, um... I'm struggling. Not, I
1: only became aware of those recently. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. struggling
0: yeah. for um, Coal Chamber, mm. um, kind of w- bands. W- was it that? The
1: was, they, was that like a relation of Jonathan Davis? I think he was. Was he? I think he was.
0: Yeah. 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 There's, there were other similar bands like that whose uh, whose names escape me? But also how quickly they descended into self-parody. Really, I mm. think you get two tracks into what was that? Untouchables, and you think, yeah, it's over, lads.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm aware of Corn and I know the singles, but um, I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm not a big corn guy, I'll be honest. Yeah. But uh, it's
0: easy to forget how different it was at the time. Oh, it was super different. maybe yeah. Eddie suffers from that a yeah. little bit as well in yeah. his vocal stylings. Uh,
1: the thing that oh, I, I always remember, this song, I've told you this story before, our, um, our mate Keith, who produced the show's logo, I can remember him sitting, having a bit of a drinking session with him. Him and his sister were there one day, and he told me the story. They were listening to this, and he told her about how it was a, a song about... Um, a disabled guy talking to his mom. that line where it's like "No, I'm glad we talked but it was I'm glad I'm a retard oh wow uh, and I'm still alive and fell for it hook, line and sinker oh i tell you what <laughs> Mr S are you sick, sick man <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> Like we said about Even Flow as well, they're not scared to bump out a solo on this one. No, 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 they love it. Oh, man, I kind of wish they would never have been scared of bumping out a solo. Yeah, I mean, it's so good.
0: It's a cracking solo. Yeah, it is, isn't it? like the Even Flow one? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing there's wrong with it. There's another couple whatsoever. coming up as well. I,
1: I kind of think that they got shamed into change in some ways. Okay, we'll have one more before the break. Um, that was a live, and the next track is Why Go. His vocals in headphones. I mean, he's really like fucking pulling out all the stops for me on this record. He's feeling it. He is. Well, he's feeling yeah. he, b- he believes
0: what he's singing. You yeah. hop back to um, the previous track. There's an autobiographical element there yeah. because Ed found out at a later age that who the guy he who thought was him. his daddy yeah. was nothing but uh, a <laughs> and yep, yeah, 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 yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah
0: whatever the follow-up word there was intended to be Nothing, but, um, but um yeah his biological dad wasn't who he thought and that feeds into that um this track it's lyrically is where the gravitas is thematically it's actually quite sparse and in isolation it's yeah. one of the weakest tracks jeff is the star here
1: he's oh, got the hook incredibly bass driven yeah yeah
0: the bass is hook that absolutely drives it. Uh, the gravitas uh, is in the theme. Um, it's about a girl basically surrendered by a family to psychiatric care, isn't it? And yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: there's a few themes in there, so there's a lot of parental stuff in mm. this album. Mm. And I think maybe that's why it got its hooks into the demographic that it did at the time, because yeah, there was a lot of that kind yeah, of
1: thing going on, weren't there? At the yeah, time? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Definitely, so there's a bit of that abdication of responsibility there. There's a critique of institutional care. I could go off on a massive tangent because, you know, I've got a psych degree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, British guy called Richard Benton. Um, Read his stuff if you're interested. That's all I'll say about that.
1: As you said, I think it possibly is. The weakest song on the album, definitely so far.
0: Yeah, I think
1: so. I, I yeah. think probably maybe
0: the even board. overall.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't but argue that, with that. It being terrible. It's um, yeah, it possibly is the weakest. Yeah, song. It's fine.
0: It gets a pop live.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I imagine this isn't one that's played all the time.
0: I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, we'll have a break now because I'm absolutely bursting for a piss. Yeah. And <laughs> um, we'll be back with the second half. And we'll uh, we'll kick off with a banger when we come back. touch with this here podcast and have your opinions or questions read out at the start you can get in touch via jukeboxpod at gmail.com or follow the show on facebook or instagram leave a review thanks for helping out hope you're enjoying it So we're back with part two of um, this. What is it, Pearl Jam tenth that we're doing here? Um, yeah, looking at Pearl Jam's 10 album. Only four tracks in so far. You know what I mean?
0: What do we talk about?
1: <laughs> what do we talk about? <laughs> yeah. Good guess, man. Um Where do we leave off? What We Go, wasn't it? Yep. Was the last one. Okay. So, we come back with what is possibly, to me, always seemed to be the centrepiece of the album. Yeah. Yeah. I do love this track.
0: All-timer. It
1: is an all-timer, but it kind of got ruined by watching Pearl Jams Unplugged. Okay, Because, not ruined But I think that version is like Fucking head and shoulders Eddie proper goes for it With the vocals on the tail end of the song Oh he means it Oh my good lord We belong together Oh man Like and If I'm singing along to this yeah. I'll sing the unplugged version Even with the lyrical faux pas like, Where he goes for the, the second Ed does that
0: at least once every night. Oh, really? As in, he'll fuck up the <laughs> lyrics or he'll, it, he'll, he'll, he'll sing the second verse first. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, every night.
3: All five horizons revolved around the sun As the earth to the sun Now the air I tasted and breathe breathed the Ooh, and all I her was everything.
1: Yeah, apparently, the record company wanted to release this as a single, but the band Steadfast were against. They Orange did. House, yeah. They did.
0: Much, much too commercial. Even the recorded version. Throughout the whole Pearl Jam discography. This is the greatest marriage or collision of Eddie's vocal styling and emotional delivery, oh, even without that he live moment. T-
1: does it's, he touch this again? It's ever? just a
0: perfect match, isn't yeah. it? It's just absolutely spot on. Um, maybe if you're listening to it for the first time in 2003, it might come across a bit college poetry. Or 23. Meant, yeah yeah if you it for the first time but if you grew up with this like you grew up with them like yeah, you evolved yeah, with the yeah, band yeah. it's like you know your club like your dungeons and dragons and you'll defend it to the hilt oh, man, i mean yeah. the um if they've entered any kind of earworm or any kind of hook into the cannon it's um, i apologize
1: for singing but it's
0: do, 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 do. It's up
1: there, and in that yeah. unplugged performance, is it Stowen who's is, at is the back, or is it Jeff? And they're like not like really passionately going. Do, do, do,
0: do, 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 do. I think it's Jeff. Yeah, yeah. really, he's giving it. Absolutely. Some. Yeah, absolutely. It's there, and it kind of carries on you. If you're there live and they're finished, and you're still in like three four five thousand people still carrying on that do 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 for a couple of minutes and they just let you carry on it's fantastic um yeah you know when you when you're a teenager this song's the truth isn't it and you (laughs) know and even in years past you know my wife doesn't listen to this podcast she's had enough of me going on so (laughs) you know like you know we've all Attributed this song to a girl, haven't we? Oh, yeah.
1: I guess so, yeah. Hi Jess. Happy listener. It is at its root, at its soul, and everything a song about unrequited love, isn't it, really?
0: I think you can either frame it for your own purposes as either unrequited or the love gone bad. Yeah, yeah. Turn my, turn my world, world to black. <laughs> absolutely no we've um, we've touched upon I think I'm going to end with another one that's in the discussion as well tonight but I think I ended episode 50 with one that's in the conversation for the goat
1: Okay. when I ended
0: with Rhodes by said, oh yeah this is in the chat
1: yeah 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 this is um, I mean live as well it's oh I can imagine it comes across really well oh yeah it's delivered it's yeah it's one of those songs which, if you were of our generation, yep. as you said, it's it's got an inbuilt, just yeah, fucking, yeah, I don't know, an inbuilt yeah. thing. Of, yeah, you know,
0: shut your eyes, absorb, and let the years come flooding back. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's a fantastic. Should we listen to a little bit more of it? Let's do it.
3: And twisted thoughts have round my. Yeah I'm spinning Oh I'm spinning how quick the sun can drive away now my better
1: hand We've all been in cars singing along with our friends at the top of the fucking lungs
0: Oh, hundred oh 100% <laughs> <laughs> every conceivable scenario
3: tattooed <laughs> everything
1: If you if you're too young to have known that song, do yourself a fiver and bloody listen to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that is kind of the centerpiece of the album, even though it's not the biggest single off it. Uh, that honour would surely probably go to the next track. This is the track that got him picked up, got him noticed, got him See It's either this
0: track three, but. Yeah. I'd say what elevates this next one is it's one of the two for very different reasons. One of the two production highlights of the album. I've criticised the production, mm. but it's spot on
1: here. Um yeah, I noticed on listen back through to this. The guitars of the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, definitely. the chorus guitars. I mean, we spoke before about like counting crows oh, and right. um even maybe like Solar Cyanum. Oh, yeah. You know all those kind of bands yeah, who yeah. are around at the same kind of time? Um, and it's that guitar sound, isn't it? When yeah. The, when the chorus hits, it's just like the kind of clean electro acoustic guitars. Yeah, just the guitar chords and everything. Um, and it works. This is a song that I, I would never seek out to listen to. I do think it is It is pretty dark as well. It's pretty... Massively, massively
0: dark. It's, massively it's stuff dark. I don't
1: really want to listen to, yeah. But yeah.
0: It's an isolated anthem. It's got that parental theme again, hasn't it? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, a bit of cautionary tale, really. Parents not knowing their kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it yeah. was a bit sad.
0: Well, it's, it's based on a paragraph, isn't it, in a newspaper that Eddie read?
1: Is it Jeremy Wade Bell or something like that?
0: Mm. Yeah, I'm not sh- quite sure how to pronounce the surname, but yeah, Jeremy yeah. Wade, Del, Della. Del, Bell, yeah, like that, yeah. Lower, right? yeah. yeah. Del, but there's that it? little paragraph, and, and kind of the saddest element is, is that's all the kid got, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 of course. Um, but this was fucking plastered across MTV. Oh, yeah. This era. Yeah. Like yeah. plastered. Because
0: this was really the one, for years and years, non kind of live performance video. That they did. I know the band weren't comfortable with doing it. It did wasn't. They do
1: any videos after this album?
0: They stopped doing videos for a long time around yield time. They mm. started doing videos again, but I know there was someone I forget the guy's name, but he wanted to do a video with them and chose this song, and this wasn't really earmarked for a single oh, okay. until they produced the video. Um And yeah, they just went really weren't comfortable with the whole thing, particularly Ed. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Ed, and we've talked about the yall a little bit, but this track's got the ultimate example of a yawl. <laughs> the line on the first verse, the pools of maroon below, did anybody decipher that in the days before Genius? No, no, no. <laughs>
1: Where is it? Lemon yellow sun, arms raised in a V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. pools of Pools of room blue and nasty teeth and bit the racist lady's breast. Yeah. yeah, there's oh going back
0: to going back to black. There is um, a video that someone sent me many years ago of misheard lyrics, and black was on there. And you know the the line the pictures had all been washed in black. Yes, there's. That playing, but there's a subtitle that had, Oh, the bitch is sad. <laughs> and God. it's just, it's set. As soon as it you sounds, read that, it yeah. sounds spot on. Yeah, oh, the bitch yeah. is sad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, there's countless ones of those. The song's like, even nowadays, really going through stuff that I'll go and I'll go, Oh. Is that actually the lyric? Oh, God, that, yeah. That's on there. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I did love your. What
0: was your one you did with Neil that I absolutely loved? Oh. Uh, Free from Desire. What was it?
1: Oh, God. Yeah. I oh, always tend the piss out of him for that. Uh, my lover's got no one. He's got his. Um, was it Trombalees or got something his like
0: trombolese. that? That That. Oh, that absolutely nailed me. That stopped me in my tracks. He's got his I, I loved it. I love it. I love it. We, we've all done similar. Neil Strong we? has got his trumbles. Oh, we've all done similar many, many times. <laughs>
1: There's such harmony in the lyrics and stuff as well. There's, oh yeah, there's there's layers of, uh, of vocal absolutely there, and they I, all work.
0: I love but that demented howl yeah. on the outro, and and the underlying bit that carries on the this bit now. Oh, oh, oh it's yeah. another one that carries on past the song yeah, live. Yeah. That just yeah, it's yeah. just embedded itself in in the whole probably being grandiose if I say mythology, but it <laughs> it does. It's it's absolutely in there. Something that does kind of. I read an interview with Dave Abrazizi, the mm-hmm. subsequent uh, yes. subsequent drummer, who, as we touched upon, didn't play on this album, but he appears on this video. And I read an interview about him being like accosted in the street with someone who knew Jeremy, the subject of this song, and approached him and was like, oh, nice
1: shit. Gave him a
0: right load of shit about yeah. it, and a, oh. and you like kind of. Poor bloke, he wasn't even part of the band when this was written, <laughs> he recorded. He was yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 but he yeah. does appear in the video. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, see, so he like, joined the band because we said, what's his name? Um, uh, Dave Cruzen. Dave Kruzan left. He joined the band for their live tours, um, halfway because they were doing their own headlining yep. gigs. And then halfway through, they cancelled the rest of that uh, tour because they were going on to support Red Hot Chili Peppers yep. with um, Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana. Oh. So, you know, at that era, seeing that kind of, I mean...
0: Chilis dead. are an outlier on that bill, aren't they? Jesus, I wept. I
1: good Lord, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh
0: could, they, could they possibly be on last so you could leave before they came on? that
1: they were the headliners? Oh, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. That, that's Double, if you could transport yourself back there, yeah, yeah, stay
0: for the support and then piss off.
1: Yeah, goddamn. Um, next track. Hold on to the thread.
3: The currents will shift Glide me towards you Know something's left And we're all allowed To dream of the day
1: Um, a bit of a vocal showcase, ready on this one, because he seems to be able to like stretch his, his chords on this. Uh, I always think of it as being a bit of a, a bit of a Shamu track, like oh, we're going to bring Shamu out now and he's going to do his jump and this ding da, ding ding da, ding ding ding, you know, kind of music.
0: I've never been crazy about this one. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. It's no. a uh, you've used the term which I really, really like, yeah. uh, sinew. In the past, it's yeah. a bit of a sinew. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about um, on the Foos episode that we did, Big Me being like a simple little ditty and mm. not meant to be any more than it is, and it's yeah, fine, yeah. and that's what this
1: is. It was released as a fourth single in the US. Was it? Yeah. In America, yeah. I imagine that's when they probably wanted to put Blackout. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were like, now put Ocean's out <laughs> instead. Because <laughs> that's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's not yeah. much difference, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <Crikey>. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it isn't terrible, but it's just... Um, it's fine. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's one of them. Uh, it's the um, quick. Yes, it is. What
3: the fuck is this world? Running to you, didn't. Leave a message, at least I could have learn your voice one last time. Daily mind still, this could be my time by you. Would you hit me? Would you hit me?
1: What a cracking lion! This is. Gonna be in the middle, in the I mean, come on, that's it fantastic, is. isn't it? It is. Fun <laughs> fact. Yeah.
0: This is the only song. Yeah. I have ever seen played live twice in the same day.
1: Oh really? Absolutely. What, by the same band? Well, by Ed.
0: Um, saw Pearl Jam, two supports. Before the first support, Ed came on himself to introduce them, but came on with his acoustic guitar, played an acoustic version of Porch, yeah, introduced the support, and then three hours later, there finishing their main set, they finished with Porch.
1: When was the last time that you saw them? That
0: was then. That was, oh, that, that, was, then. That, was that time, yeah.
1: How many years ago is that? Ooh. Seven years ago. Okay, seven years ago. Who was the support act for Pearl Jam seven um, years ago? The
0: opening I mean, act was a band called Off, uh, which was um, the front man from the Circle Jerks current band. I've
1: heard the name, but yeah. no, I'm not.
0: And oh. the main support were Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Who yeah. were very decent?
1: Yeah, they were all right. Yeah, yeah I don't the, mind some of their stuff, actually. Nothing that. earth shattering, but. Yeah, 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 know,
0: yeah. No, didn't reinvent the wheel. Um, and uh, McCready came on to in, uh, introduce them. Oh,
1: did they? Yeah. That's oh, nice of them, weren't it? To give yeah. a bit of an intro. Yeah. yeah. Get the rub.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Put <laughs> yeah. them
1: over. I really like these guys, and then you're going to like them too. Yep. Yeah. Bit of that. Yeah. Bit of that. Uh, The last gig they played was in September last year. Yep. September the 22nd, 2022. The only two songs they played from this album were even and Flowing and Alive. Yeah. I can. Uh, yeah. I can and as you, as you rightly predicted the most played songs ever their top 5 number 1 is even flow 2 is Alive, 3 is porch yep uh 5 is black yep off this album the only one that sits in the middle is number 4 which is corduroy yeah i'll get that they open a lot with oh they open yeah. with that yeah, yeah. Uh, we covered that obviously on um yep. yeah uh, yeah porch good song another one that really benefits from that unplugged version
0: it does yeah. um it's the only... We talked about like this being a Stone, Gossard, Jeffermint-centric yeah. album. This is the only track on the album that's Eddie written. This oh, okay, is, yeah. This is his kind of only exclusive songwriting mm, contribution. Mm. Um, it's a bit like Go in that it's actually a bit more sparse than you realise. And it's a bit like Evenflow in that, again... The live versions of this really diminish it on record.
1: Oh, okay. I think
0: the dark turn at about one twenty elevates it to heights it otherwise wasn't heading to. Mm. Live, they really, not drag that bit out, but take it that bit further. Not leaning into it. Yeah. 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 On record, it's like one minute, um, then it goes back into a bit of a reprise. Again, it's got a strong... An increasingly frenzied outro, and I think this album demonstrates that being able to wrap up a song tightly is a real strength that Pearl Jam have as songwriters. Yeah, and it's it, yeah, it's actually more rare than you think when you actually dig into it that that they're really good at
1: they actually like at bringing a song, song to a crescendo with a full stop yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: massive but, strength they have.
1: That's not one of the strengths of. Various bands that are around at this time, absolutely, other bands who are in yeah. the same scene, especially yes, definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, they do really, yeah. really punctuate at the end yeah. of those, those yeah. songs, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We will just miss that end as we head on to garden I think this is a bit of a step up now
3: Of the eye, so misleading the affection of the soul. Nauseously quick, I don't question her. I just question.
1: I mean, what's this song about? Well,
0: there's there's two possible things Mm. for me it could be about, and I think. This track and the next track, deliberately, I'd say they're the most ambiguous Mm. on the album, and a criticism of early Pearl Jam, well, a criticism of Pearl Jam throughout their career, really, compared to, again, we'll go back to the touchstone of Cobain, is that thematically, they've been a bit route one, where Pearl Jam, uh, uh, sorry, um, Nirvana, for example, were a bit more abstract. This one, you've got that line, I just question our modern needs so as such could that garden of stone in the refrain be gentrification
1: Okay.
0: alternatively yeah. garden of stone is it a cemetery then you've got the theme of mortality and then going into going back to um, previously where there was a bit of um, praying to the something he's never Shown him anything, in even flow flow. religion is it like okay, the garden of stone, the cemetery, the mortality that's the absolute end. There is no afterlife, and we're getting
1: and it's the release, yeah, we're getting sweet release. We're getting happy with that, yeah,
0: (laughs) definitely. This is one of the two tracks that I think benefits from the product. Well, that is a production triumph, and Mm. I think the hazy, detached intro and the kind of murky production it. It adds to that ambience a bit. I like it. It gives yeah. it an
1: ambient kind yeah. of feel. It's a yeah. production highlight, <laughs> yeah. definitely.
0: It 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 really contributes to that. On this album, again as a thirty year diehard, it's your thirty year devotees track because there's a bit more to dig into
1: yeah.
0: over time there as well. And this is my bucket list one on this album. Never seen it live.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, they never they don't play this a lot live, no? I've never seen it. No, huh? Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, this is the one on the album I haven't seen and I want to. Have I seen everything? I've never seen Oceans. No. This and Oceans. I've seen everything else. Bassline's really
1: understated. It's a again, good, it's a good track. Yeah. All, all the way through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah,
0: again, Jeff's the star. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. Like, yeah, fair play to all Jeff because he's pulling out the stops on this one. Yeah. And it's it, this bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not. But it's, it's almost like prog esque, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. it's, it's almost yeah, but it, it oh, it's nice, man. It's fucking, yeah. It just sounds brilliant. Thirteen Thomas Platner in America. It actually outsold Nevermind in the America in did, the USA, yeah. which you know, God, people would not have you believe that, would they? Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Stone in 2020 It was 160 on their all time list Okay Q Magazine did uh, a poll And it. it was classed as the 59th Best album of all time Ratings wise Now this is an interesting one Because all music gave it a 5 out of 5 As did Blender And Uncut Magazine Entertainment Weekly gave it a B- minus. Mojo 4 out of 5 Q 4 out of 5 Rolling Stone 4 out of 5 now the Village Voice who Robert Christgau writes for, in his original um review he gave it a B minus. But um retro reviews of it, he gives it a two-star honourable mention. Really? Yeah, which he classes as once even flow. Uh he gave um Versus a Bomb, Dud. <laughs> <laughs> There was a line in it that I meant to write down, but um, the line that grabbed me was in NME's, um review.
0: Oh, I think I know what you're
1: coming with here. They said that Pearl Jam were trying to steal money from young alternative kids' pockets. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: famous line.
1: Wow, that was rather damning, wasn't it? But they were, like, chomping on Cobain's end as like, much as they could, couldn't they, at the time? Definitely, definitely. Yeah.
0: Like we say, there was that dichotomy you picture side. Why
1: was this critic's contempt? Do you think it was because of the changing of music around that grunge scene that they were seeing that that um, Pearl Jam was seeing as like, oh man, these are just like fucking bandwagon yeah, jumpers. Yeah, bandwagon jumpers who weren't who weren't really authentic. Because they were like potentially more because musicians. Yeah,
0: coming off the back of Mother Love Bone, retaining that classic rock influence. And probably the geography of Seattle. Mm. Played a part there. Yeah, 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 But, you know, Hart were from Seattle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah, because, what's his name? Is it Inez, um, Mike? Always married to... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been on stage an, playing. Ann Wilson. Football. Yeah, it is Ann Wilson, yeah. isn't it? Is it? Yeah. is it Ann Wilson? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, Hart fans. <laughs> Send yep. us a message if we've got that wrong. Yeah. I mean, Combine actually labelled them as commercial sellers, didn't they? Said they got too many league guitars. So, you know, fucking hell, Kurt, chill out, man. You know, people are allowed to have different.
0: Oh, yeah, I've got more league guitars than <laughs> you. Yeah, well, but, yeah. yeah, but then you hide Pat Smear, so.
1: Yeah, that's quite true, actually, later on, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> deep what you
0: got I'm a crazy kid might do something do not we <laughs> we should give him some more of the spotlights. yeah underrated for me
1: yeah because it's like tucked away at the time. well that's the it maybe yeah. it's
0: the exposure the zeitgeist at the time the sticking with it for 30 years but probably the second half of those 30 years I'm more invested in the second half of this album than the first and mm. that's where this comes into its own um yeah, again, could be a bit ambiguous. Um, bit of heroin culture there, isn't it? Seeking the needle deep. Maybe there's a bit of Andy Wood.
1: Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Maybe a bit of uh, bit of the religion in there. You've got the Postbridge verse of a Christmas clean love and the young virgin down from heaven visiting hell a mm. bit of critique on but again that could tie into the critique on the seattle scene and there's parental themes as well because you've got the runs the, all
2: through
1: this yeah album.
0: you've got the religious element with the virgin but then to the man above
1: she, she see,
0: ain't definitely. she just ain't nothing yeah, she's dying, so you yeah. can assign your own meaning and you can pick your poison at this point with these last two tracks there were the lyrical criticisms around the time and you can just hold these last two tracks, but those criticisms were bullshit, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I think at the time, like I, this is another one that I've never owned. Yeah. This album. Okay. Uh, and I had a, a, a tape version of yeah. this. Yeah. And I recorded it, and for some reason I couldn't fit all the tracks on the tape that I'd got, and this was the track that I left off.
2: Yeah. I can see that at the time.
1: Um. Yeah. And. I think, I'm, I'm really sure, that I will then put it on a type a longer type that I got Versus on. Yeah. And in my head, I always thought as this, as a Versus song. Okay, yeah. And it does sound probably a bridge between the two albums. There's a lot of the Versus stuff which is a bit more, oh, I don't know, a bit more, um, I used that animalistic kind of thing before, a yeah. bit more, a bit raw, a bit rawer. Yeah. Um, like animal. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you had any of the re releases that they put out in 2009? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there was four, wasn't there? Yeah. There was like, what is it? Legacy, Deluxe, Vinyl, and Super Deluxe.
0: Yeah. Super Deluxe. You got the Super Deluxe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. How many tracks are back in that bad boy? I bet there's a lot Too many. There. Yeah, it's too many. All those ones that we mentioned before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plus.
1: Demos, outtakes, live versions.
0: Mm. I'd be lying if I said I'd listen to them all.
1: Ah, okay. You probably have at some point, haven't you? Just probably not in one city. Oh, definitely not in one city. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of gear on there, definitely.
0: I've had many a Pearl Jam weekend over
1: the years, but... (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. I've had many a Pearl Jam weekend. Sank yourself deep into that Super Deluxe album, but you couldn't touch the bottom. Uh, I think we spoke about this on the Vitalogy uh, episode. But who would you consider to be the Pearl Jam drummer?
0: Dave Abbruzzese.
1: Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah. For mm. the
0: reason that
1: I think we did say thanks. I think, so, I think yeah.
0: he he's the drummer on what from for me personally or yeah. their best two albums.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Which yeah, are yeah. the two subsequent to this one? Yeah. Okay, you, you said, just before we hit the last song, you spoke about yellow lead better. Yep. Now, I can remember this being, um... Oh, everyone was like, fucking hell, have you heard this new Pearl Jam song? And, I mean, it's got such a... such a To coin a kid's phrase from there, it's got such a vibe, hasn't yep. it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, fun story.
0: Um, As I'm coming up to my 10th wedding anniversary in a couple yes. of weeks, um... Just as a little side request from my wife to the DJ. As the lights came up at chucking out time on our wedding due, this was the last song of the night.
1: Oh really? Yep. No, nice. that's a nice choice. I wanna leave it
3: again. to so
1: lovely end of night song. Oh, it was spot on.
0: Oh, I see goosebumps on our house, Tom. Definitely, definitely. Oh, I'd had some points by this point. Yes, I can imagine. And I
1: didn't put my hand in my pocket. Oh, it was amazing. That's like the best thing about oh, it, isn't it? phenomenal. Well, you know, don't tell the wife that, but it's yeah. the best thing about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: But it, a good tactical move because um, myself... Um, my wife's sisters, now husband, mm. and our mutual friend, Mr Boot.
1: Mm. Um, Paulie Boot.
0: Yeah, all met up. Uh, hello, Mr Boot. We met up on the afternoon. Uh, we'd intended to go for breakfast, and um, we got stuck in a bit of traffic, and uh, the booty man phoned us from the pub and said, stop doing breakfast. And I'm like, you're joking. He says, no, no. He says, um, the Calvary's on in 15 minutes. Um so we had us a Calvary and I will take th- that um, Calvary for breakfast well Calvary wow. I think it was bang on 12 um, oh, and I tell that helped the, uh, the the beer intake yeah. throughout the day oh it soaks oh, it up doesn't it yeah 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 it did me a term got some kudos that day but yeah oh,
1: <laughs> oh fantastic man. you could beat Calvary for first meal of oh, the day oh it was bang on that sets you up you're a fucking beast of a man absolutely <laughs> destroyed into the day yeah then. yeah <laughs>
0: Greatest football manager of all time, Mr. Ray Graden, Sir Ray, <laughs> responsible for two promotions on a shoestring budget. Um, finished above Man City in 1999. They yeah.
1: finished third before they became plastic.
0: Absolutely, obviously, long since retired. And on the club forums, it was his 70 somethingth birthday, mm. and someone was like, "Oh, happy birthday, Sir Ray!" Mm. Yada yada yada, and someone else coming to have a good day. I said. I bet Ray can absolutely blast out a carvery.
1: <laughs> reckon yeah. he's got that look about him. Yeah. 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 He yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. can facilitate oh. a great calvary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, right, to to from us at the Personal Jukebox Podcast, if you're listening out there then blast out that Calvary for the boys. I would love to oh,
0: on my bucket list I'd love to go for a carvery with Sir Ray. I met the great man once, and I actually all I could say, all I could think to say to him was, Would a hug be completely inappropriate? And what did he say? Yes, flug his arms
1: around me. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, oh, well done. Man. Yeah, well done, sir. Right, yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, that's, a, that's life affirming, isn't, that nice, isn't it? Look at the smile on his face. Oh, yeah. What a moment. <laughs> Okay. Oh, just he's got
0: he's got that play, we're in Cardiff, and he's got that playoff trophy in his hand, and he's standing in front of our end. He's pointing at this trophy, and he's looking into our end, and he mouths, "It's for you." Mm. Oh, good lad, good lad. Oh, yeah. Why hasn't he got a statue? <laughs> Fucking hell.
1: Sorted out. Last strike here. Now, if anybody has listened to the episodes where me and Boyd have been on, one thing that we love is a melancholy... Uh, Melancholy...
0: Melancholy? A melancholy and infinite sad closer.
1: Yes, that's it. Yeah, good Lord. I'm stumbling over the words now. But, um... This is lovely. It is. This is, like, lovely. Um, From... This song, or is does immortality take its place on the following album as well?
0: Um, Vitalogy. Vitality. Vitality. Th- that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. I meant to mention on the opening track. Yeah. But they can. They love a balls to the wall album opener.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: yeah. especially in the early days, really three albums in a row. They love an epic downbeat closer. You've got mm. this. You've got um, indifference. Indifference. You've got That's immortality. What I was
1: of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, pick your poison from yeah, them, yeah, from yeah, those
0: yeah. three. You can't go wrong.
1: songs like this are what set them apart you know from your nirvana's at the time because this is a well crafted oh yeah um it's a piece it's not even just a song this is like a a musical score it's like a piece oh yeah and it came from that
0: instrumental drone that stone was working on in those early days he was just working on this and eddie um it's again based on his real father who died before he ever got a chance to meet him mm. and it's kind of like a um, a personal plea to him mm-hmm. um, and again it's I don't know if you think there's any poetic license applied here but the story is that they were in the rehearsal place and Stone was playing this and Ed just starts Freestyling the lyrics oh, okay. and then kind of darts out of the room, and Jeff kind of goes after him and says, Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. so it's it, ah, it's got hey, that, well. re- it's, it's resonant. And there's a, um, I think it was, it's got to be their last live DVD called Let's Play 2, where they play two nights at Wrigley Field um, in Chicago. And the second night, there's a guy who queues for a couple of days to get right down the front. Mm. Whose dad has died recently and he puts in a request for it through some means or other, but they open with it and Ed on stage points it out and says this is for you and then they open with that's a uh, hell of an opener. open with release. Yeah. yeah. Like that's not
1: an up tempo opener, isn't not it? Yeah.
0: Not at all.
3: Yeah. Oh, can you see this now? Ah oh.
0: Probably gained them some devotees over the years. Oh yeah, just the resonance so. of this yeah,
3: one. Yeah, yeah,
1: now we've spoken before, haven't we, about grunge being more of a fashion and a movement than a, a musical genre,
0: such? Yep, absolutely, 100%. Um
1: and. You know, if this band didn't come around at the time they did, from the place they did, they wouldn't have even been classed in. Nah. Far more akin to, like, the bands I mentioned before yep. than, well, partly, and then, yeah. Um. I mean, this was big at the time, man, fucking hell. I mean, I was listening to this music probably, not when it was released, but I'd say, you know, six months after it kind okay. of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, you probably caught it before me in that yeah, instance. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love this version of Pearl Jam. I think this is great. I like the next album. I like Vitality, as we said. I kind of fell off after that. And, you know, I mean, you all know a dozen songs probably that you can say, oh, there, these demand to be in the Pearl Jam canon from yeah. later albums. Oh, yeah. Um but I don't know, man, i just, I just have fallen off with that kind of stuff. It, that's another band, you know, we said about Foo Fighters, listen yeah. to their stuff later and stuff, maybe I'll do that with Pearl Jam as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, well, that's where I was with Foo Fighters, I kind of fell off after
1: Colour and the shape yeah.
0: completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that happens with some bands, everybody's got their bands yeah. who they were on board with until they weren't.
1: Yeah, 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 that's right it doesn't the album doesn't completely end with this because it comes back with the end of like that master slide yeah. thing again yeah. to Which round it out kind of brings it in a loop could have done without the break really yeah yeah um, let's have a look a little bit more of this but without the cool ones intro coming in yeah it. <laughs> um fuck fucking hell sum this one up for us
0: it's difficult for me.
1: Yeah, I know, because I was coming into this with one thing of mine. Yep. Now I'm eight cans deep into Thatcher's Blood Orange Cider. Okay. And I maybe look at it a little bit more.
0: <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah. I've always had got the first five Pearl Jam albums yeah. are the strongest.
1: Oh, the, you do think that? Yeah. yeah
0: then yeah, there's yeah. a bit of a drop-off. For reasons we've gone into, how they found their identity as a collective, I suppose I would say. Mm -hmm. I've kind of always put this at number five. Okay, yeah. And found that kind of people at large tend to overrate this in their pantheon. Yeah. Kind of revisiting this, I wonder if I've been a bit harsh, because if I'm putting this below... The subsequent four albums, and I'll just pick say a track off each here. So if we go, glorified G from Verses, Bugs from Vitality, <laughs> that yeah. Mankind from No Code, and Pilot from Yield. Each of those would be by far the weakest track on this album.
1: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they'd,
0: yeah. they'd be below Oceans. They'd be below Why Go. Um this is difficult I think I'm maybe being harsh with the grade I'm going to give here
1: Mm. be true to yourself
0: yeah yeah anything that's got black on that's a normal timeout really any Pearl Jam album before Binaural which is number 6 because of their resonance to me that I've grown with them I can't even consider being in sea territory. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a non-starter. I may be harsh going B-minus, mm-hmm. but that's probably where I'm landing.
1: I'll be honest with you, you're not a million miles away from me. Okay. Yeah. Um, as you said, Black's an all-timer. Yep. Yeah. If I didn't have the years of listening to a live... Even flow oh, yeah. and Jeremy, 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 <laughs> Jeremy. Then, man, just think what you think of those really. I'll definitely, yeah. definitely, Um And then on top of that, you have got once. Yep. On top of that, you've got like porch, and then you've got like these two tracks, garden and release. Oh yeah, which are really good, like really, really good. Yeah,
0: I'd add deep to that as well. Yeah, that deep, closing primitive yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'll go for a B. Yeah, yeah. I was toy I've been toying
1: with it. So yeah, yeah we're yeah, in the, yeah. we're in the same ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I can't remember what we gave vitality at all.
0: It was back in numbered days, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it, no. It, it, Boo. Boo it, it, was, it days. was out of
1: tens. Oh, no. Should we give it a retrospective grade? Oh God, that's hard without listening to it. But yeah, we can do. Um, off the top of my head, you've got like obviously Nothing Man, Better Man, Cordroy... <laughs> Um, indifference. No, no, um it isn't. No. Immortality. Immortality. Not for you. Not for you. Last exit in the black circle. It lower. Okay. Lower than this. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Um Oh man, I mean I'd go anywhere from it might be a C minus. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Possibly.
0: Retrospectively I'm going to B plus.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'll you write that better than this?
0: Yeah, I yeah. think Versus and Vitalogy are On any given day They're interchangeable as one and two And I think What elevates Vitalogy To Versus level Is what we talked about That culture element uh, That countercultural element Mm -hmm. Whereas um, Kind of this era They became massive kind of by accident As Mm -hmm. being kind of on the periphery Of the grunge movement Getting sucked along with it and Vitalogy was a del- deliberate reaction to that. It was mm. the album that halved the fan base, I think that's the phrase I used on that episode. Yeah. And that was kind of done purposefully, and I think it's kind of their defining statement.
1: I think the thing that always knocks Vitalogy for me is that same day I went to... Um, I'm presume it was Music Junction downberry yeah. hill, yeah. and I picked up Vitalogy and definitely maybe at the same time, yep. and... One I listen to fuck loads more than the other one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the man, is a good album. It is. Yeah. It's a good album. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, yeah, great stuff. Finally got round to that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Three years too late, according <laughs> so saith our listeners.
1: Uh, and on that note, oh, actually, before we head out, personal jukebox. No, it not that? It's jukeboxpod at gmail.com If you want to get in touch um feedback reviewers give us some reviews drop them out on the social media site on the uh, podcast providers of your choice jukebox pod on instagram personal jukebox podcast on facebook boyd what have you got for us
0: to play it mhm you know before today i had given this no thought whatsoever mm mm-hmm. mhm so try and keep it a bit on topic. I've probably laboured the point to death (laughs) that Pearl Jam, they're up there for me in the all-time top five. Who else is in the all-time top five that we haven't really covered? I think you put them into a countdown at some point. So I'll go with The Cure. Okay. The reason I'm going to go with The Cure track, and part of the reason I haven't really given this much thought, is something I have been thinking about a lot this week. Is like someone who's really close to me who's going through the mill at the mm-hmm. minute, and mm-hmm. it's an absolute injustice. Um, but we kind of bond over this band and over this song. One of the two things I'll associate with them forevermore. The other one being, um, have you ever had the hot apple and cinnamon from Coffee Number
1: One? <laughs> no, I'm not a big coffee guy. Oh. <laughs> It's just pudding. The wife is, but yeah, pudding in liquid form.
0: Um, (laughs) They are opening up near to where I work soon, and the Dave Ramsey financial planning will just be out the window, and (laughs) I will be skint. I've been into Coffee Number One in Redditch twice, and the second time I ever went in, the manager remembered me. Oh, that's because the first time I went in, they didn't have hot apple and cinnamon,
1: and you were gutted.
0: I was absolutely gutted. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but you've had it since, oh, and it's your fave.
0: numerous times, numerous oh, times. That. that sounds but,
1: like um, a Mackie's apple pie in a drink, but better. Yeah, but better.
0: Yeah. yeah. So something I associate with like a very good friend, and this song as well, which also couples as one of my all-time faves, "A Forest" by The Cure.
1: to this you've definitely gone with the right one have I yeah the tree mix yeah give that a wide berth
0: <laughs> there's an amazing video on YouTube of a festival in Germany in the early 80s yeah. where they a very young cure finish with this but beforehand Robert says We've been told we've got to finish now because apparently some people want to see Robert Palmer. Okay. And then they play like about a 10, 12-minute version of this track. (laughs) And when they finish, Robert takes his guitar off and goes to the mic and says, Fuck Robert Palmer, fuck rock and roll. (laughs) Worth a watch.
1: You mentioned it before, still one of my favourite videos where he's at that award. Is it the rock and roll? Oh, yeah. perfect. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's like, I don't think I'm quite as excited as you are. (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode and thank you Stuart Boyd for co-hosting this thank you for
0: leading the way
1: (laughs) Um, I'll speak to you soon I'll see Stuart Boyd soon he'll speak to you soon and you'll listen to us soon see you later bye